Welcome to Southern Man Western Town with your host, Jeff Lawrence. Bringing you interviews from artists and entertainers from all over the globe. Please like, subscribe, or follow Southern Man Western Town. A new show drops every week, and we appreciate you being here with us. Before the beginning, after the great war between heaven and hell, God created the earth and gave dominion over it to the crafty ape he called man. To each generation was born a creature of light and a creature of darkness. And great armies would clash by night in the ancient war between good and evil. There was magic then, nobility, and unimaginable cruelty. And so it was, until the day that a false sun exploded over Trinity, and man forever traded away wonder for reason.
to a smart ass and said, yeah, they call me Tater Salad. What up, everybody? It's me. It's me. D-O-double-G. <laughs> hey, man, I haven't put a podcast out in a while, so I'm going to do it now. Today on the show, I have an interview with Mark Ambrosia from up in New Jersey area. Um, did a few podcasts from musicians from New Jersey, so this is another. Um, haven't done really much interview or many interviews and this style of music. And I don't like to pigeonhole people and put them in a box. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to do that with people's uh, music, you know, because it's all original. It's all whatever the individual puts out there, unless, of course, you're like a tribute band or something. But uh, I do think it is fair to give the audience some idea what the music's going to be, like maybe at least kind of the genre it is. And for Mark, music which I really like a lot is um I mean to me it kind of kind of came off as like Mark Cohn or like early John Mayer Dave Matthews but I mean I don't that's not at all uh you know exactly what it is at all it's just kind of what it reminded me of um because he I guess the Mark Cohn stuff came from, and a lot of people may not even know who Mark Cohn is, but he wrote Walking in Memphis and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, just because, you know, Mark Ambrosia writes the uh, stuff on piano, like he says in the interview. Anyway, that's what's going to be coming up. But any, let's, uh, why I haven't put on a podcast out in a while is just I've been busy. I've been, I haven't, I can't believe how many gigs I've been playing at uh you know, at my age, I'm 53 years old. I know I don't look it. I still look like a young pup. A gorgeous little puppy. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, didn't, I, don't, I never thought I'd still be doing this many gigs. I thought I would, you know, at fit about 50 years old, I'd just kind of walk away. But I'm actually, we were, me and my band, when I, which is Doug Wright on bass and Van Christensen on drums... Of course, every now and then I use a different drummer because Van's a little busy. Sometimes I even have to use a new bass player. I don't really have any that I currently like to use. I do have a few backup drummers that I can pull from. But right now it's just us three, and we've been really kicking ass and doing some great shows. Um, and it's yeah, it's been nice. We've been playing a lot in Park City at the Cabin. If you're in Utah, I mean, we don't really leave Utah. I don't. I don't play many gigs outside of Utah other than going to maybe, <coughs> excuse me, Idaho or or something. Some one of the surrounding states may do a small California tour this summer. I have that opportunity to do that, but I don't know if financially I'll be able to make it worth everybody's while. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, the next show I have to, now today is like October 19th, and I did this interview with Mark back on October 10th, um, and, uh, but yeah, the, today's the 19th, and it's in Salt Lake, it's raining, I just got back from Colorado, went over to Colorado Springs with the family, got to see a, an old friend and his son, and, uh, we went to, oh, down in Colorado Springs, we went to the, uh, cliff dwellings the old uh, native american cliff, cliff dwellings there which i think were navajo i could be wrong um 
and then the place called Cave of the Winds, which I never heard of. We went down in the cave, and me and my child, uh, Finn, did a little, uh, we like zip lined across the canyon on this thing. It was kind of, kind of cool. Then, uh, after, you know, like a fiasco at one of the hotels and all that, we, uh, ended up, you know, having a couple of days in, in Colorado Springs. It was, it was okay. We, it was, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't get a lot of relaxation out of it, but, um, kind of enjoyed it. And we went up to Denver on the last day we were there on Saturday. And then we went into, uh, what was that place called? Elick Gardens or Inlich Gardens? I don't know. It's like an amusement park. It's like Six Flags or something. And I uh, went to that, rode a few rides, and definitely, definitely feel like I'm too old to do the, the roller coasters that do the flip flips and upside downs and twists and all that. Felt like I was going to puke after I rode it. Went into some crazy clown spook house because you know it's getting towards Halloween. But just that place is cool. It's right in the middle of the city, right in the middle of Denver. After that was kind of a pleasant surprise, I guess you would say. We went, we were starving our asses off. We hadn't eaten since breakfast, and then we we haven't eaten since breakfast. Got to use my proper English, not my southern stuff. It and but anyway, we went up to. Uh, we were going back towards the hotel. We didn't know. We don't know the area, and our hotel was in like this. Um, they call it a tech center, you know, it's like a bunch of ho- nice hotels, it was, we were staying at the Hyatt, nice place, and around all these, like, office buildings, and kind of apartments and stuff, where they're high-rise type deals, and we didn't really see anything to eat, but we kind of rode around, and kind of, pa- we passed this Italian place, and, and I uh, decided to pull in there, and it was really good. It was a, it was a really really good place. Um, if only I could remember the name of it. <laughs> if I remember the name of it, I was gonna plug it, but uh, I don't remember the name of it now. Anyway, um, so back in Utah now, and you know I don't often when I take a vacation, I don't I don't even feel like I take a vacation. Often it's more work than work is. <laughs> I'm more relaxed at work, I think. Um, driving my truck around and doing gigs and stuff because you know you got a vacation you got to go to the airport you got two kids you got a bags to check and you got to take shuttles from the airport to the parking lot to the airport and the new salt lake airport's a joke you have to walk 50 miles to the place where you get on the plane that's terminal and then you got to get a shuttle after or after that when you get to denver you gotta shuttle yourself to the rental car place and you gotta uh, drive an hour and a half and then you gotta get in the motel then our motel was all fucked up so we had to get out and we had to go check into a different motel the hilton garden which we liked it was very good if you ever stay at i'm probably only gonna exclusively stay at the hilton garden now if i have a choice um I mean, it's just, just a lot of work. I don't feel like I got any sleep. Um, yeah, but anyway, back uh, back in Utah now, back at the grind. Next show is going to be the 29th of October. My band will be playing before the Sam Smith Band at the Yes Hell in Ogden. I guess it's kind of a Halloween show, but kind of not. I don't know, it's two days before, so... Here in Utah, and I guess probably a lot of places in America will be doing Halloween on Saturday, which is October 30th, because Halloween's on Sunday, 
I don't know. I don't imagine too many people are going to go trick or treating on Sunday. And in Utah, it's a Mormon state, so probably not. But I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Now, we live in kind of a high Hispanic area, so, and they're Catholics mainly, so they might trick or treat on Sunday. I don't know. I'll have the candy ready, ready to roll. But anyway, after that, we have a lot of shows in November. You can catch us down in Salt Lake City. November 6th at Aces High. It's kind of a metal club. It's kind of weird. We're like the first band they booked that's like not metal. Well, not the first one, but uh, I think there has been a couple of others. But we are going to play our heavier cover tunes that night. Made play an Iron Maiden tune we've never played. And a couple of the Black Sabbath tunes we've played before and that kind of thing. Um, so we may, may do that. And then we have the very next day, Tailgaters, is it Tailgaters Saloon or Tailgaters, something Tailgaters down in Salt Lake City. I've never, it might just be called Tailgaters down in Salt Lake too. That's on a Sunday, which is kind of weird, but they booked us on a Sunday from 8 to 11 down there. And it's, and it's both, both of those places are on State Street in Salt Lake City. Um, for those visiting Salt Lake City. State Street's kind of like Main Street. It's like the main street that runs through the whole valley. So be there. And then on the 13th of November we'll be back in Camas, Utah up in the mountains, kind of outside of Park City up Mirror Lake Highway at the Notch Pub. We had a good time there last time we played there. So if you're out near up in the mountains there in the Camas area or Oakley or one uh, ship, um, any of those places up that way, even Park City's come on down. It's great, great food there, and we'll play kind of an early show for us. We play like eight to eleven. Um, then we are back. I think that might be everything in November, December fourth. We're at back at the cabin up in Park City. We've done a, two really good shows there recently. Got offered a show there on November 6th, but I'm booked down in Aces High Saloon, so we weren't able to do that. But we'll be back there December 4th. And then New Year's Eve, we are at Hopkins Brew Pub. So if you want a New Year's Eve thing where you don't have to stay till 3 a.m., it's kind of a more of a laid back deal. Come down to Sugar House, which is, you know, the east side of uh, Salt Lake, kind of the the hip area if you will and that's about what's going on so uh, uh like i said i'll be dropping these podcasts kind of spot um spontaneously here and there i'm not gonna i'm not doing them weekly anymore as you probably figured it out i just don't have the time and quite frankly don't have the support you know i, I was debating on even keeping doing this podcast because you know, I, I do have a lot of people that listen, but it, it's the people that I interview, and not not all of them by any means. Ninety uh, percent of the people that I interview appreciate being on the show, and they're really cool. Everybody I've talked to has been really cool about it, but there's been a few that just after the show drops, they don't share it, they don't care about it, they don't, you know, they'll say they're going to share, they don't share it on any of their social media, they don't uh, put it out there, and I mean, there's no. I'm doing the show to promote them, not me. I don't, I mean, I'm going to get the same gigs I get regardless. I don't have any reason. I'm not making money off the show. I mean, if you saw the money I made, I mean, I'd be, I'd, I'd make more money if I stood under a bridge and asked for it. 
<clears throat> make probably three times what I make on this show. This show is like change, and I'm not kidding. Like, you know, hardly nothing. Like, I can I could probably get a gallon of gas a month with the money I make off the show. Um, but yeah, like some of them just don't don't care, and it's not like they don't like the interview. It's no it's no different than any of the other interviews, other than it's them. And uh, I don't know. I just don't understand it. And uh, but if they're not going to support it, I'm not going to. So, uh, but like I said, that's maybe ten percent of the guests I've had on just don't don't give a crap. And uh, but the rest of them do. I, I I would encourage you if you don't give a crap to don't come on this show because, like I said, I'm doing it for you. If you're not going to help yourself, I don't want to help you either. Um, might sound harsh, but like I said, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this to promote new music to people that may not be aware of your music that not to be new music but i'm actually you know i'm trying to introduce artists to audiences that they may not normally get to introduce themselves to because i've got like i've got listeners in europe australia ireland every pretty much every country that speaks english listens to this show probably a few that don't but mainly they're english-speaking countries like canada and stuff like that um I, I've got a, you know, they'll send me a graph of the demographics. It's basically, basically the people that listen to the, the majority of people listening to the show are men that are in their like from thirties, thirties to forty five range. Just that's the majority, and and they're all like I said, English speaking countries, um, you know, America, UK, Australia, things like that. But there is starting to be, you know, starting to pick up. There's there's probably 20, 30% women that listen. And then the next demographic up is, like, people my age, like 45 up to 62 or something like that. But I do appreciate all of you that do listen. And, like I said, that's uh, that's kind of what's going on right now. I'm not getting into, you know, we don't really do the politic thing anymore. I don't want to talk about it. It's just... And the vaccines and all the bullshit you have to talk you know everybody arguing about this and you're not getting the vaccine it's poison and you know i ain't gonna get made to do this and that it's just it's just all stupid yet you know people uh, like I'll, i mean i'm not gonna get on the political platform but like yesterday colin powell died you guys know colin powell the general from you know maybe under bush and all that and he had a blood he died of COVID, they say, but he did have blood cancer. So now you got everybody arguing that he died of blood cancer and he died of this and that. It's and if he was fully vaccinated, they're saying, well, if he's fully vaccinated and he died, what do I need to get vaccinated for? Well, he probably died because somebody that wasn't vaccinated got him sick. It's I mean most likely, but he you know, mainly he died because he had the blood cancer and COVID, but. And you do whatever you want, you know, it's a free country as far as, as much as it can be. Um, I got vaccinated back back well, back in March and I haven't had any issues. I haven't had got haven't gotten COVID. All of my family's been vaccinated, none of us have gotten COVID. So I mean it seems to be working for us. I'd much rather take the chance on the vaccine than take the chance on COVID because I know people that have had COVID and they've gotten like still some problems like still some lung issues and stuff so for my choice you know i'm glad i made the choice i made but i mean make whatever choice you want you know with it you know if you whatever you want to do i mean I don't, i'm not gonna sit here and preach about it but i do find some of the comments pretty idiotic that on the logic 
like uh, once the lady from Colorado, the uh, how you say her name, Bo Bear, Bobert, or whatever last name, she tweets out, um, you know, I, I hope uh, I have a headache today, so I hope somebody, everybody else took their Tylenol, so I'll get. No, that's just that's ridiculous. I can't even believe stupid people like that are in office. I said I wasn't going to talk about politics, but I've been doing it for a couple of minutes now. <laughs> but anyway, you get the draft. Um, you know, we used to talk about pro wrestling on the show a good bit. We don't. I'm not doing that much anymore. I'll just kind of touch on uh, Manny Lemons and Racket Tahaka, the local. They own uh, Devotion Championship Wrestling here in Salt Lake City. They uh, just bought their own uh, space to. They were renting over at the Gateway Mall and doing shows. Now they're, you know, they're they're living in Atlanta basically now too and training over at the Nightmare Factory with Cody Rhodes and those guys. And they uh, they kind of bought they bought a place here and they're gonna start their own deal in their own building and all that with Al Snow. And so that's kind of what's going on wrestling-wise locally. Um, the rest of it I'm not gonna get into. But anyway, that's about it for the intro of this show. Like I said, all you guys, I appreciate you who listen. And coming up, Mark Ambrosia next.
step back Left me here With all these hopes left empty I gave you the space you needed They're running away Joining me right now on the phone is uh, Mark Ambrosia. How are you? Hi, Jeff. Good to be here. Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, calling from New Jersey, correct? New Jersey. Yep. Born and raised. What part of What part of New Jersey? So I am in a little town called Clayton, which uh, most people, you know, haven't heard of, but um, you know, not far from Philadelphia. About you know maybe forty five minutes from Philly, and about maybe two hours from New York. So okay, so you're in uh... my neck of the woods. Kind of a nicer, nicer area than what they always show on TV. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> on TV, they always show Newark and the and everybody's right, a, and no. everybody's Thankfully, a gangster. I'm in a better area than that. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody, uh, everybody on TV from New Jersey's a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that with me too. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, so everybody uh, usually ever, uh-huh. all the Southern people on TV are always dumb. Yeah, right. So we're um, we're we're proving all those stereotypes wrong, you and I. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I've been checking out a lot of your music. Um, what was your you. what? Which one is your latest uh, release as far as singles? So, so my latest uh, uh, release was um, Unleashed, which uh, I guess is almost going on two years old. Um, so that came out in 2019, um, and then. Before that, there was an album I did in 2015 called Footprints. Right. And then um, next month uh, will be the, the new release, the EP of uh, The Enormity of Trees and the Essence of Rain. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to that a minute ago. Um, dig, it, dig it a lot. I, now, when you're, um, obviously, it's kind of a, I don't know, what do what, what you consider it? It's like a modern kind of folk type music. I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I have a hard time categorizing myself and i always try to do something a little bit different you know unleashed was very sort of synth heavy and more of a straight ahead pop r&b type thing and this ep is definitely kind of acoustic and singer songwritery folk fish so you know uh i guess folk rock folk americana something like that is seems comfortable for this kind of along the lines of maybe what uh John Mayer or Dave Matthews was doing when they first started, maybe somewhere yeah, in that kind of area. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't pin. I could, I try to find the influences, but I, sometimes I can't really pinpoint it. With yours, I couldn't really. I usually get it wrong anyway, but I couldn't really pinpoint it with yours. <laughs> <laughs> what are yeah, your? Uh, you know. What are some so, of your influences? I mean, influences. Um, 
influences for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, not, I'm, I'm only 26, but I grew up on music from well before my time. So, um, you know, Fleetwood Mac and, uh, you know, the genius of Lindsey Buckingham and, uh, Bill Withers and Stevie Wonder and, um, Bonnie Raitt and all those people. That's sort of where I pull my stock from. But also, which I think you can hear a little bit more in this EP is, is influences from people like Tracy Chapman or Mary Chapin Carpenter, Leonard Cohen, Indigo Girls, that type of thing. Okay. That's sort of the vein in which, um, this EP kind of lives is sort of that, uh, you know, folk singer, um, type, you know, guitar and voice type thing. Yeah, now that you say some of those, I can kind of hear it now. Um, uh, especially the Lindsey Buckingham. I just kind of put that together when you said that. Absolutely, yeah. I guess he was on. I guess he was on Saturday Night Live with Halsey last night. I didn't get. I didn't see it, but I uh, kind of saw. Yeah, but I, I actually just caught that this morning, and it was a great performance. Um, I I I've heard the song a few months ago when Halsey put it out, and I knew Lindsey was playing on it, and but you know I, I hadn't really, you know, I heard of the song then, and then I didn't really hear again until you know watching the performance uh, this morning and they sound great together as guitar playing yeah. great and he's just you know um i had the chance to see him a couple of weeks ago um he was playing uh here in atlantic city and i caught another show over in pa and he's just you know top of his game still all these years later it's amazing he has a kind of an odd way of uh playing the guitar as kind of his own style or did you, did you kind of uh adopt some of that with your playing or as far as the yes, way, way I mean, he does his right hand and stuff, there is there is absolutely no one who plays the guitar in the world like like Lindsay. Um, I myself am more of a piano player um, and I mainly write the songs and sing them. So a lot of the guitar playing you hear on this EP is is not me, but it's a, a buddy of mine named Chris D'Antonio who um, has pretty much played on all my records throughout the years, and he's um, you know the lead guitarist for a band called The Wayside Shakeup. Oh, okay. And um, he's just a great, great guy. Um, I I just dabble a little bit in guitar. I, I played a little bit of guitar on the on the title track of this EP, um, and I, I guess you could say it's it's kind of influenced uh, by Lindsay a little bit um, in, in terms of how I play the guitar, just because he's the guitarist that I've studied the most, um, and his style is very unconventional, and he was totally self-taught. So. What little guitar playing I I can muster, it's it's sort of as a result of watching him and sort of studying his methodology of, of playing. Okay, so you write everything on the piano, you said then. Mostly, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's I could kind of hear that too. I just, I just assumed you were playing all the guitar for some reason. I guess I should have read further into that. <laughs> but, no, uh, no worries. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, years ago it was I really didn't play much of anything at all. I would basically write lyrics on paper and, and wait to meet up with someone like Chris or whoever to, you know, put music to my lyrics. And, you know, now as I've been doing this, you know, singing and songwriting uh, and recording for about 10 years now, I've, I've gotten more, um, you know, equipped in terms of being able to sit down at the piano, pluck something out and, you know, maybe once in a while pick up a guitar or a, or a ukulele or something and, and try to, you know, muster up a melody and you know, and then someone like Chris comes in and sort of refines my sort of uh, basic ideas, and then you know we make we make a better track out of it. So. Um, are you? Did you uh, train? Did you you know take lessons and stuff on piano? And so no, I've actually never taken a lesson. Um, I've never taken a voice lesson. Never taken a, a piano lesson. Uh, I mean, well, I did take piano lessons when I was a child, but it, it didn't last long. It was sort of. 
one of those things where you know you you pick up a, a something you want to do and then you take seven lessons and like oh, moving on to something else so yeah um so you know that was that's what i did when i was little i did tennis and i did basketball and i did piano and all these things and you know would drop them at, at the drop of a hat and you know um so i never had any formal training really um and the only thing that i ever really stuck with was singing it's just the thing that came naturally to me and that i could do so i just kept doing it and doing it and um sort of taught myself as I went. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I could. Yeah, the, the, I like your voice. Do you, do you have a? I like when you. I, I, some parts of it, you'll go to like a kind of a falsetto in some some parts, and then yeah. kind of drop back down, which I was I was finding pretty interesting. <laughs> um, what do you uh, do? You have any influences that way? The vocal vocal styles, or yeah, um, you know, I I I've always been a, a big you know falsetto guy. Um, um, I especially love, you know, when I was in um, in choir in high school, I was always the one singing the, the tenor one part, um, sometimes even dropping to, um, you know, to, to the alto part, actually, and helping the girls out. So um, I, I always loved singing the high parts. Um, and so uh, when I think of vocal uh, influences, I, I think of someone like... Uh, like the Bee Gees, for example, um, you know, the Barry and Robin, they had these amazing falsettos that they could, you know, just swirl right up into and then come right back down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's always been a huge influence. And, and I, I, you know, when I started singing, I started singing, you know, gospel and blues and, and some of my big influences, um, you know, were like, uh, Stan Webb from a band called Chicken Shack. Yeah. Um, from the, uh, from the late sixties over in England and, um, so I just love those kind of unique, uh, unique voices, and I always loved to, you know, go up for, you know, go up for the high stuff, and then, you know, try to, try to take full advantage of, of the range that I have, and not just limit myself to, you know, any one type of, you know, monotone type thing. Yeah, and that's you're you're good at doing that, because it's the falsetto is tricky. It can either if it's done right, it's really good, and then if it's not done right, it's it's no there's no oh, there's no middle ground it's for not it. Done right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of like going back to like New Jersey, were you in it when you when that, when people think of New Jersey type music, you know, they obviously think of Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi yeah. and. Southside Johnny, maybe, and are you influenced by any of that? Well, I guess you go. It goes back to Sinatra and stuff too. So, are you kind of influenced by any of that stuff? Or, well, you know, when I when I was growing up, um, you know, obviously we're all influenced by the music that our, our parents or grandparents play around us. And uh, my dad had two uh, live Frank Sinatra albums that he would play in his little Honda Civic that we would drive around in, or Honda Accord, whatever it was. And um, so, you know, oftentimes we'd be driving on the weekend listening to, you know, Frank Sinatra live. And that obviously um, stayed with me, that his, his vocals and his, his songwriting. And um, I've always loved his music. Um, so that kind of influences my voice and, and my, my style, I guess. Um, then you have, you know, other people from New Jersey, like, like Bon Jovi, who admittedly I was never a huge fan of. And and, and Bruce Springsteen, um, uh, what I really loved about Bruce Springsteen the most is, is the kind of records he made, um, especially um, a record like uh, Nebraska, which is kind of um, yeah, a cult favorite. Yeah, that's but my I, favorite I love one. it for how you know underproduced it is. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm I, that's probably one, probably my favorite one of his. I would say so. 
Yeah, but I, I like the, the fact that New Jersey has a sound. Like right now, I'm living out. You know, like I said, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, so we have a, we kind of have a sound down there and a lot of. Yeah. But uh, out here where I'm at now, I live in Utah, and there's really not, not one really. I always try to pinpoint it out here, but I can't really do it. There's not, right. a lot of a lot of states don't really have their own kind of thing, but yeah, New Jersey always did, and you know, places like Philly and Detroit and. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's weird how, you know, it's just uh, different cities that just have a musical sound, you know, like when when you think of Portland or you think of Nashville or L.A. or, you know, there's so many musical sounds and bands and stuff that comes to mind. But, you know, you, you know, go somewhere like Montana or Utah and it's like, is there music out here? You <laughs> yeah. know, there's like yeah. there's no, no sound that comes to mind right away, so. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's up to independent musicians to sort of create that sound, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, that I think you know, like Imagine Dragons and that stuff comes from out here. That's kind of what it's going mm. to. That's kind of, I guess, what the sound would be. Unless you want to go back okay. to, unless you want to go back to Donnie and Marie. <laughs> like, oh, uh, maybe, maybe we uh, maybe we avoid that. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're from like uh, ten miles from where I'm at right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, is, do you ever? Uh, you ever, what do you, what is, what's the pandemic done to you? Were you uh, doing some shows and then having to cancel like everyone else, or how how did that affect so you? The pandemic, um, you know, it, I I gotta say it was kind of um, uh, I I don't mean to uh, sort of take it lightly, but it was sort of a gift in some ways because you, you know, suddenly I had all this time just to sit and tinker in my home studio and you know come up with demos and write a whole lot of songs and. Um, and just be able to really think of ideas and have no other deadlines or anything standing in the way of just, you know, could just wake up every day and write songs and go to bed and do it again. So it was, it was kind of nice in that way that I felt like I had all this freedom to do whatever I wanted to, um, artistically. And honestly, that's kind of where the, the title track of, to this EP came because, Suddenly I was, you know, being able to go outside, um, you know, in my backyard every day with my cup of coffee and literally see the the colors of the tree change and um, just bask in the normal things that maybe you take for granted when you're constantly on the go and and you're not, you know, sort of grounded and having to stay at home. So um, it was was a great gift for my creativity and I, I definitely, probably the most prolific period of of songwriting I ever really experienced because, you know, in the course of like three weeks, I, you know, coughed up 18 songs. So, um, it was a, a, a real gift in that way, but obviously quite a, quite a strange moment in time, um, for, for our whole world, sort of, um, a very, very unique, bizarre time. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I, uh, it was kind of, I actually was kind of good for me. I, you know, I, I don't, want to make light of it because of all the people that passed away and stuff but right yeah but, you almost yeah. feel guilty so yeah. it was nice but you know it it was you know in a way kind of a, a great uh relief it gave me like the opportunity and you may have came across this too to kind of look to look inward and like really ask yourself well you know is this really am i doing what i want to do <laughs> kind of thing right and, uh, i think a lot of people had that um had that sort of epiphany like maybe they were working jobs that they weren't happy with and they didn't really have the time or space to process those thoughts and then suddenly when people were starting to go back to work they were like mm, you know what pump the brakes i'm uh, that didn't make me happy and i'm going to do something else so 
it's I kind of I think rejuvenated a lot of people in in many ways. Yeah, and and I actually it, it kind of worked out weird with this podcast because I started this. I mean, I, I think this is episode hundred and. I don't know, somewhere in the 115 episode area where you're at, but I okay. I started it around like, like it was literally like three weeks before <laughs> everything hit, mm. and my whole wow. idea was, my whole idea was I was going to go around to shows here out west and interview people like right before their show, you know, like in the green rooms and stuff. And then, oh, okay, I see. That would have been a cool idea too. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, I couldn't do it, and then uh, so I did. Right. So now it's uh, I've got like a it's a good testament of what musicians were doing during the pandemic because I got like a hundred episodes of people <laughs> telling me what they all the gigs they yeah. had to cancel and things. And imagine that it had your original idea worked out. I, I don't know if you would have had a hundred episodes under your belt by now. So no, no. I, I think you know, it, in a in a big way, it kind of helped catapult this you know this idea of yours to to become something larger than maybe you originally intended. And I think that's great. Yeah, and that's what I've what I've kind of turned it into. What I'm trying to do now is take artists like you, for instance, and like maybe you're you know you'd be well known in the tri-state area where you're at or something but maybe not out here and so i can kind of get you know kind of spread the word with different artists because there's a lot of people listen to the show over in australia and england and places like that so that's really what, okay. what i'm trying to do i usually play one song on the show and then, and then hopefully i get people to go over to that to spotify and check out the rest of it after and check out the rest yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was cool with the pandemic, too. Um, I, I I tend to write totally independently. Um, I just I just prefer writing my own songs. But it sort of just uh, out of a out of a necessity, really, and not being able to uh, to to meet with people or connect with people. I just started hitting up other songwriters that I had known sort of peripherally and, and asking them if they wanted to maybe try to write some songs over Skype and FaceTime and Zoom and whatnot. And that actually turned out to be a very, um, very fun adventure that, you know, I maybe couldn't talk to people or go visit people, but I could log on to Skype and, you know, write a couple songs with my friend, um, a musician named Amir Hader over in London, and we could, you know, cough up two songs together. And so that was kind of um, a, a cool way of, yes, we were in quarantine, but we were also able to connect and, and be creative together and 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 work together virtually, which wasn't something that I had ever done before. Yeah, and I think it actually sounds better than a lot of people thought it would. A lot of these collaborations on you know Zoom and stuff. Yeah, um, I don't think people thought it would be turn out quite as good as it did. Um, yeah, no, the technology is just so great now, and it's, it's only getting better. So it it really is, um, you know, it's it's, it's really a, a wonder. So getting back to, you said you were writing a lot of stuff during this. Did So do you have something coming out soon? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we're sort of, I went into the studio about a year ago with, and we recorded 19 songs. And um, so four of those are, are going out on this EP, and, and they're all acoustic and uh, just guitar and voice. And, and then at some point next year, um, I don't maybe in the summer or next fall or something, I'm not quite sure yet, but... Uh, that's when the other 15 songs will go out. And that um, that is an album that's a little bit edgier and, and has, you know, more instrumentation to it and um, is kind of um, uh, more of a mixed bag of things and uh, definitely my most expansive stuff I've ever done. And 
and um, has a lot of variety going on in it. And it sort of harkens to something like, you know, Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska or or Fleetwood Mac and the Tusk album, you know, things that are a little bit more left of center, but um, really um, was, was really fun to put together and to do something that's wildly different than, than anything I've done before. So so that's um, sort of the plan, is to, is to do this acoustic EP that's, that's going out um, on November 19th, and then um, and then follow it up with uh, the full-length album, which will be, you know, 15 entirely different songs um, at some point next year. Now, you... Now, do you, do you still kind of want to release stuff as like full albums and EPs, or do you? I mean, I guess you're gonna do that, but like a lot of people are just releasing singles now. So what kind of what direction I'm going in? But yeah, you know that is uh, that's been sort of the case for the last uh, last I don't know maybe almost decade that people have been sort of going the, the singles route, um, and I, I've definitely done that. And, and there will be some singles that go out before the album you know we'll probably put out like five or six of the songs ahead of time um as, as singles but um uh, I, I am so um so old school in a way and and i i love the the arc that you can create um when when making a full length record um and i just for that uh, for me that's the the creative journey that's the most rewarding um is is sort of honoring the, the full length uh album tradition yeah because you get that kind of sound when you have the whole you know it's almost like a journey for the whole you know however many songs it is sometimes you lose Absolutely. that when uh, when you just released a single um but yeah, yeah singles I, are great for you know uh get you know for being succinct and getting right to the point and and you know sort of giving uh a, a one-dimensional type feel but you know, if you're trying to sort of create a whole mood or a vibe, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to do um, with even just, you know, a handful of songs. You kind of need an album to, you know, do, you know, to create certain visions and certain moods um, on record. So um, it can be done, though, you know, um, and, and I think that with this EP, you know, even though it's only four songs, we managed to um, present uh, and create a mood and... Um, and offer you know a certain vibe, um, which I think is cool. And then on the album that's coming out, we, we sort of have the chance to um, to create a vibe, and then go somewhere else, and then go somewhere else, and sort of create a more uh, complete story. So um, you know, I, I think that's part of the fun of making albums is, is the kind of moods and, and arcs that you can create yeah. um, in in a certain body of work. Well, what about um, what about playing live? You got anything? plan for that are you going to wait till the release or yeah so we're we're still trying to figure that out you know um i i the last time i actually went on a tour um it was a small tour but we uh played a, you know a group of shows for my first album footprints and you know i had the chance to open up for some acts like sasha dobson and lisa loeb and do some festivals and, well, and that cool. was a lot of fun and then we, you know, I went off and I made the Unleashed record, and um, I didn't go out and, and play that live. Um, the plan was going to be uh, the summer of 2020 that we would play live shows, and then the pandemic happened, and that sort of put the kibosh on that. So I, I haven't quite figured out um, when or where shows might happen, but it's a, a strong possibility. Yeah, I have a I have a guy that was on the show <clears throat> that's in a summer situation. His name's craig rossi and he lives in new jersey but he's more of a huh. he's more of a 
Yeah, I don't know what. I guess he considers himself doom, kind of doom metal, but, but it's not really. Uh. But it's not really that. To me, it's it's got a lot of keyboards and stuff in it. But he's the he's the same way because he writes everything on the keyboards and kind of doesn't, you know, has other kind of musicians come in and he has a the <clears throat> same type of challenges, you know, playing live and stuff. Yeah. With a, but yeah, I can. Uh, but that's cool. You got to open for some of those the people that you mentioned. Um, I was going to ask you, dude, are you a are you a James Taylor guy or at all? I'm a huge, huge James Taylor fan. Um, I've I've never seen him live. I, I really want to, but I've always been, you know, hugely inspired by uh, songs like Carolina um, in my mind and Fire and Rain, and um, and I think that this EP in particular, I, I think his influence on my work is, is kind of evident in a song like you know Angelina, for example, which is a you know very quiet, sentimental love song kind of reminiscent of something James might do, like, you know, Sweet Baby James, yeah, or, yeah. or um, you know, You Can Close Your Eyes or something. Yeah, well, he's he's not too far from you. I think he lives over in Maine. <laughs> think. Yeah, I think so, Maine, or, or yeah, I think I think it, he is in Maine. And uh, I was going to ask you, too, because I, I kind of heard that in some of the stuff. I kind of heard a little bit of that influence. But what about, uh, are you into Mark Cohn at all? Mark Cohn, yeah. Um, I, and I, I don't... I, is he from New Jersey or? I think he's from uh, Chicago. Chicago, I'm that's pretty it, yeah. sure. But I, um, I could but, hear it. That's yeah, kind, no, of the, kind of the same vein, you know, of what you're doing. I think. Definitely, and you know, he's a fellow Mark who spells it with a C. So always, you know, mad props and respect for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he came here once. I got. I talked to him for a bit. It's weird. He, uh, a lot of people don't know he got. He was driving. He got shot in the head. Like, oh really? How yeah, like he was that? just randomly driving him down Chicago and somewhere in Chicago. Like it was just a random drive by thing while he was in his car. It was crazy. And he uh Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, and then came back came back from that and but yeah, the reason why I brought him up is because he you know, he's a piano guy that kinda dabbles in the guitar a little bit on the two and Yeah. Um kinda kinda reminded me of it a little bit, but um so how do you say November nineteenth is when the next thing's coming out? That is when the uh, the enormity of trees and the essence of rain uh, full EP comes out. Yeah. All right, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna ask you one more thing, and because I've kind of kept you a while. Um, what, a, what if you had to? Like I said, I'm gonna play one song on here, but uh, if you had to like point everybody to one song, if you only had to, you know, if you had to get them to one song to kind of see what you're all about. Is there one you could you could do that with? I know that's kind of hard, but oh yeah, that's, that is hard. Um, uh, from the from the new release or from anything just, in my catalog? Just where they you know where they heard you, they would say, "Oh, okay, I'll, you know, this is what this guy does," kind of thing. Hmm. Um, let's see. I guess I would have to say, um, uh, you know, a song like uh, "One Step Back" always comes to mind. Um, because it has that sort of piano playing thing, you know. I wrote that on the piano one night, and and it lyrically is is very um, represent representative of of the kind of songs I write, sort of unrequited love songs. So yeah, um, and it, it's got all the the signature vocal layerings and harmonies that you know I I do a lot of my work. So I guess if I had to pick one song that's the most uh, you know, uh, ideal for introducing me to new audiences. I would have to go with one step back. Okay, that because the reason why I ask that is unfortunately in the world we live in now, that's kind of what 
you have like if you if some you know somebody will go to Spotify and they'll listen to one song and if they like it they'll keep going and if they don't yeah <laughs> they say so you don't want to usually send them over to your most avant garde type song because <laughs> they no that that yeah you, you want to give them the the most accessible thing and then hope that they venture into the avant garde stuff so. Yeah. That's, you know, that's sort of how you have to play the game these days. And, the, and there was one, the my favorite one that I heard of yours, and I, I'm sorry if I'm kind of forgetting. You, you, it was a, it was like a, not really a duet, but it was like you were uh, a female vocalist with you. you know, so, um, uh, from from um, uh, probably all this time, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's off it. the new one. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so that um, vocalist who's on there with me, Jeanette Lynn. Um, we had met, um, she's also from the Jersey area, and we had met some years ago. Um, I was selling some microphones that I was getting rid of in my home studio, and um, so I sold her a, a microphone, and, and she still has that microphone from all these years <laughs> later, and she actually recorded her part on that um, on that same microphone, and, and there we had the duet. So, um, But yeah, she's a, she fronts a band called Best Bear, um, and they're out of, you know, Jersey, Philly area, and and um, she's just a, a great writer, and I love her guitar playing, and she's just a great singer. And that that song was a lot of a lot of fun to be able to to record with her. And it was a song that I had written almost maybe ten years ago, and she kind of came on and breathed some new life into it. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was kind of my favorite one that I heard, not because of her um, being on it, just because I kind of like, like the feeling it gives you at the beginning, the kind of mood it sets. With the uh, the intro and all is what I really liked. Yeah, you know, someone uh, told me when they heard it that it was sort of seemed like a has a like a countryside vibe, like you're out in the field and just playing guitar and, and singing the song. And I, I guess I kind of I kind of hear that too. It's um, uh, you know, it, it's got those real tight, strong harmonies. It's sort of like a almost Everly Brothers ish, but a little bit more country and uh, you know more Americana. Yeah. Being from Georgia, that kind of stuff kind of hits with me good. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, some, my my favorite musicians out of Georgia have got to be the Indigo Girls, and it, it's sort of um, all this time is sort of a song that's in that vein that has this kind of Amy and Emily type, you know, constant harmonies throughout, and, and of course the nimble guitar playing. Yeah, throughout yeah. the whole thing too. Yeah, when I was still, I've been gone from Georgia for fifteen years or more, but I. Uh, I used to go see them when they weren't that famous. They played at this little place called Eddie's Attic, and they had uh, just come... oh Eddie's Attic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there once or twice, um, and um, we're not uh, no, I've been there once or twice. I've heard a few uh, uh, recordings once or twice uh, from them and some other people, who, you know, performing there over the years. Yeah, I used to see them there. Like they had this thing on Monday night where uh, like the songwriters would come in, and they weren't even famous yet. They had one like one little album out, and it wasn't hitting yet, and uh. But he'd come in on Monday night, he'd play a couple songs, and if you won the night, like it was a contest kind of thing, you got like a, ah. a hundred bucks at a regular weekend gig, and they would come in, and like John Mayer would come in, because he was going to like, I think he was going to Georgia Tech at the time, you know, mm, yeah. and different people like that, the lady, the girl from Sugarland, was, uh, she was actually married, oh, wow. she was actually married to the guy that ran the place, and Oh really? Wow, it's quite a storied place. I, I, you know, I, I had only known about it sort of peripherally. So yeah, you would do. Uh, you, you know, would if do I ever well get to there. Georgia, I got to step foot in Eddie's. Yeah, you would do well there. Um, actually, um, you're. Uh, it, it's kind of a. They don't. They don't have any like rock bands or anything. It's kind of a folk thing. 
But yeah. uh, if you ever get down that way, for sure you should. Um, uh, what? Go ahead and give everybody your uh, information where they can find all your stuff. Uh, I think I was listening on. Well, I definitely listened on Spotify, but I think I listened on SoundCloud or something too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Spotify, um, Apple Music, uh, Amazon, uh, pretty much anywhere that you can get music digitally. And and if you go to uh, markambrosia.com, you can uh, buy some physical copies of my albums on there, and or some T-shirts and things like that. And and uh, of course, I'm on Instagram and and Facebook and Twitter and on TikTok and and all that fun stuff too. So probably just Google Mark Ambrosia music or maybe even throw a yeah, New Jersey Google in Mark there. Yeah, Google Mark Ambrosia and I will come right up. <laughs> yep. And I, yeah, I was going to tell people not to get confused because I did it first because you got like a, on Spotify there's two, but it's both you. One of them's like your, the music that you like, I guess, and the other one's actually your music. <laughs> so ah, okay. two different things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, so yeah, I uh, thought it was two different people at once at, 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 for a minute there. All right, I, see, I didn't even know that. So, yeah, <laughs> beware out there. So. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, Mark, I appreciate you uh, calling in, and I appreciate your time, and I'm going to look forward to November 19th for uh, that new stuff. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it feels you know great to be you know out and talking to people and spreading the word about this, and thanks so much for all you do for us independent musicians. Oh, uh, thank you, and yeah, and if you ever... Uh, if you ever make it out, make it out west, you know, save my number, and uh, I can definitely book you some shows. So there <laughs> we go. Yeah, your music Sounds out, out your music would actually do really well out here. That's what they like out here. Is uh, that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, so, so we will we will finally give Utah a sound. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark. Well, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Like I said, this show will be out sometime in the next couple of days. Maybe even maybe tonight, but probably hit Spotify by Tuesday or something like that. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Do you play all, I mean, do you actually play all these? Or? Well, I play them and I cherish them. Uh-huh. This is at the top of the heap right here. There's no question about it. Look at the, look at the flame on that one. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's just, it's quite unbelievable. This, this one is just, uh, it's perfect, 1959. Uh, you know, it just, you can, uh, listen. How much is just it? Just listen for a minute. I'm the not, sustain, listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would, though, if it were playing, because yeah. it really, it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you don't have And you can go, go and have a bite. No, you still be hearing that one. Yeah. Can you hold it sustain? Sure. This one, this, of course, is a custom three pickup. Paul, this is my radio unit. Oh, so I, I see strap this, this piece on. You know, right down in here, when I'm on stage. It's you know, a wireless. Wireless, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I can play without all the mucky muck. You can run anywhere on exactly. stage with yeah, that. Oh, this is special too, see? So, look, see? Still got the, uh, the old tagger on it. See, never even played it. See? You just bought it. Don't touch it. I, don't well, touch I, I it. I wasn't going to touch it. No, don't touch it. I was, gonna, I no, touch no, touch I was just pointing at it. I, well, don't point even. Don't even point. Be, no, it can't be played. Never. I mean, I can I look at it? No, you've seen Don't enough of that one. This is a top to uh, you know what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look, right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most of eleven, and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. 
You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where mm. can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Mark Ambrosia. I know I did. What a voice, man! Check out a uh, check out his music. You're gonna hear a. You hear that? <laughs> That's my Bluetooth um thing. Anyway, check out his music because it's pretty awesome. I didn't. I, f I wish I would have delved. You know, I don't know why. What am I saying? Delve, dived into uh his catalog a little deeper um, before the interviews. I I think I'd mainly listened to some of the older things that he had out, which which I kind of said was in the long lines of like a John Mayer early stuff and stuff like that. But when I listen to more of it, I hear more like a Sam Smith, um, not the Sam Smith that plays here in Ogden, Utah, that honestly has hell, but you know what I'm talking about. English guys, Sam Smith, at least I think he's English um anyway here are some of that it almost sounds like I don't think it is I mean, I mean I'm pretty it's not but it sounds a little sometimes like like a Christian rock kind of songs sometimes or kind of vibe which I don't think you know I don't know what his religious <laughs> Mark's uh, Ambrose's religious affiliation is it's not what we're about here but um but I don't think that's what he's doing there but it kind of gives that kind of a, put it this way, he could do that <laughs> and, and pull it off, has that kind of voice. And that's a, that's not a derogatory comment in the least. I like a, I like a lot of Christian music. People assume that I don't since I'm not a Christian, but I do like like old Milan Lefebvre. I love old, the old um, quartets, gospel quartets that I grew up with in the South in Georgia. I still listen to that stuff. You have to separate the message from the music. It's not you don't have to take it all in. When you when you listen to Slayer, you don't have to go out and kill somebody. And hopefully you won't. Um anyway, thanks for Mark Ambrosia being on the song. I show being on the song. I was thinking of a song One Step Back, which is the one you heard up earlier and uh but I appreciate him being on the show. we'll check back in with him. He's got new stuff coming out you heard in the interview. I think he said um, first one of the first two weeks of November, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, so look out for that. You, can, you know, you can find him on Spotify and all that. Just spell Mark with a C. I mean, you'd probably find it either way, but Mark Ambrosia, uh, Mark with a C. So, thanks again to Mark from New Jersey there. And there's a instead of like playing you in to the podcast today, you noticed I did not do that. I just kind of played an old. Uh, improv I did some a while back just to get get you in there and then I uh, what you're going to hear at the end of this episode is a song I've been working on called Lone Wolf and I, I just kind of played over the track I didn't so I didn't like play the song it's not released yet I haven't even recorded it yet which I'm going to record November 1st but I just kind of played over the, uh, the track just to kind of sh kind of show you what it would 
what it's going to be. Now, speaking of that, November 1st, like I said, I'm going to record that uh, that uh, song and maybe probably one more. I don't know what it's going to be called yet. I have the track and all, but I haven't decided what I'm going to name it. But this one's called Lone Wolf, so you'll hear that at the end of the show. And gonna like I said, I'm going to record that down at Counterpoint Studios where I recorded my uh, Jeff Lawrence and Warhorse um CD a while back I guess you can't say CD album a while back and I think I recorded a few other things there too I know I did I just can't remember what they were anyway counterpoint down there in the Salt Lake where I like they've had everybody in there Post Malone's done a couple of tracks in there and everybody man it's a good giant big studio anyway thanks for keeping up with the show you'll um as you hear this episode it will be um probably the week before Halloween and then we'll, we will have a Halloween episode next week with uh the Phantom Lady part 2. If you listen to the first Phantom Lady episode, you, you'll uh, be familiar with that. But anyway, that'll be the Halloween episode and then we'll see what happens after that. Uh you guys take it easy.
See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.